Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Raising Daughters. I am Dr. Tim Jordan, a developmental and behavioral pediatrician. I'm glad you stopped by for these podcasts because I'd like to think I'm presenting some topics for you that you asked for, questions that you have, issues that arise in your lives as parents. I'm glad you come by here once a week to get some answers. One of the most common questions I hear from parents is, how do I let go? And I want you to know, starting from the beginning here, that the letting go process doesn't begin when your child is 18 and ready to go off to college or ready to go off into the world. Letting go starts right from the start, right in infancy. I hope to help give you some information today that will help you understand the process and also give you some suggestions about how to start letting go at every stage of development. Once your kids get to be 18, once they're seniors in high school, and you start to think about them launching off, I think a lot of questions come up in parents' minds. Questions like, have I done enough? Have I prepared my daughter well enough? What will our relationship look like when she comes back from from college? When she goes off, when she comes back, can we be close again? Can we still be close? Will she still turn to me for advice? Can I still be an influence in my daughter's life? It's really hard to let go. Am I going to be able to do that? And if it's the last child who leaves the house and it's an empty nest, then even more questions arise like, who am I going to be without my kids? What's my purpose now? Let's start out by building a little framework here around a letting go. And the first piece of framework is about touch points. Touch points is a uh, phenomenon that my old mentor, Dr. T. Barry Brazelton, taught me a long time ago during my training. Touch points means any time in your child's life, and in adults' lives for that matter, any time they're about ready to go through a big transformation, when they're about to go from one, from one level of development to another. Uh, we see uh, touch points, big ones, around the time when kids are about two. You know, the terrible two is when kids are going through the autonomy stage. We see it around age five or six when kids have a foot in both worlds. Do I want to grow up or do I not? I see it a lot in girls when, they, when they're in middle school as their bodies start to change. And it's a big touch point, a big shift in growing up. Then there's a couple of other obvious ones, like that senior year in high school when they're ready to launch into the world. I also see a touch point, a major one, when girls are ready to graduate from college, their last year of college. And then if you keep going forward in life, you know, when, when uh, girls are engaged in those months before they get married, uh, those months before they have their first child, when they're in that nesting stage, Menopause is another one for women. The empty nest is one. You know, the typical old, old cliche, midlife crisis. Those are all times when a child or an adult is about to undergo a big leap in development. And the important piece here is they tend to fall apart. They're upset. They're angry. Uh, they're ambivalent. Uh, they're out of sorts, a lot of crabbiness. They may yell at you more. What they're saying is, I'm unsettled. Um, I have one foot in the past, one foot in the future. I'm feeling torn. I'm very ambivalent. And all the emotion kind of comes to the surface. When your child goes through those big leaps in their development, it's hard to let go because they look scary. It's hard to know because it's hard to let go because you don't know what's going on a lot lot of times. A lot of times parents aren't aware of the developmental stage that the child is about to enter. And so it's hard at those times, I think, to let go. Another piece of our framework is that I think throughout a child's life, 
there's a cycle of learning through connecting and then disconnecting, then reconnecting and disconnecting. Think about it when your child or when your daughter was an infant, when she's three months old and, and you held her in your arms and you looked in her face and she would look at you and you would look back and then she would coo and you would coo back. Um, and it was a nice back and forth reciprocal interaction. One of the most important pieces of parenting back in that time in your daughter's life was developing a rhythm. The back and forth, back and forth. And if your daughter turned away, then it was good for you to turn away as well. Then when she came back, then you would come back. That was part of that beautiful, beautiful rhythm where you would honor their needs. It also was the first time in their lives when you were alternating who was leading and who was not, who was mimicking who. There's times when you would start the, the process. There's other times when your baby would lead. And that kind of learning through connect, disconnect is going to keep continuing throughout your daughter's life. So we'll come back to that in a little while. Another piece, home base. Think about your, uh, your toddler. Think about maybe a three or four-year-old. You go to a family party. There's lots of people, lots of noise and commotion. And a lot of times what happens is, is your daughter will sit and cling to you, sit in your lap looking a little anxious, and then she gathers her courage and then she goes off. She'll toddle off and she'll start playing or doing something. Then 10 minutes later, she comes back and then she's kind of clinging again. And then she gets some loving. You rub her back, you rub her hair, you soothe her, and then she runs off again and explores the world. So you become your daughter's home base. And what you're teaching her is that it's safe to go out and explore the world. I want you to go out and explore the world. And I will be here for you when you need me. I'm here for comfort. I'm here to help ground you. The world's a safe place. It's so important for you to explore. You're okay. You can do it. I believe in you. That's what I mean by a home base. And that also is going to continue throughout your daughter's lives. Even when they go off to college, they all want to come back and be back at home because it's their safe space. As long as you have had a safe, close, connected space, they'll want to come back, if you will. Uh, last piece of scaffolding here is that kids slowly but surely need more and more space. That doesn't start when they're 18 and wanting to go off to, to a university. It starts much, much earlier. Think about when they were you know, six or seven years of age and all of a sudden they didn't want you to walk with them down to the bus stop anymore. Or they didn't want you to walk them into the, into the school. They didn't want you to walk down the class. They may have wanted that when they were four or five, but at some point they say, I got it handled. They slowly but surely want to spend more time with their friends, especially for girls. Friends become very, very important uh, in the grade school years, and especially by middle school. So they start spending a little bit more time away from you. Uh, sleepovers, time with friends. That's a time that we have to let go. They also, at some point, when they're 16 or 17 or 18, depending upon your daughter, they start to drive. They start being able to go further from home. They start knowing more people. They start hanging out with people. Your daughters may meet boys from different schools. You don't know anything about them. When they were in third grade, you knew, you knew everybody because you probably spent more time in the classroom. You may have coached their teams. But every year that they get older, you start to lose a little bit of control, and, they, and you have to start letting go of knowing everything about their whole world. They start wanting more time alone in their bedroom where they're talking to their friends. They're online. They're on their phones. And they need more and more private life, especially when it comes to things like boys, for instance. They don't want you reading their, their diaries. When they were a little kid, they probably wanted you to read their diaries, but nah, there comes a time when they have to let go of that as well. So you have to let go of this concept of 
of wanting to know and needing to know everything about them, slowly but surely you let go of that peace. Let me go back to what I said at the very beginning, that letting go is a lifelong process. Let me just throw out some examples of, of times you've had to let go that you probably weren't even aware that you were doing it. Things like when your child sleeps through the night, because they're waking up several times in the middle of the night, they, they probably fuss, cry, they have to learn how to self-soothe and put themselves back to sleep. You have to let go of that process, otherwise they will never be able to fall asleep and sleep through the night on their own. At some point in the toddler years, they learn how to feed themselves, dress themselves. They slowly but surely have more options about picking out their own clothes. Even things like, you know, you have to let go of sort of being able to overpower them. I remember when my son John was about 15 months of age, and he was a very early talker. When he was like 15 months, he could talk sentences and clear as a bell. I remember he started getting into power struggles because he was feeling his oats, you know, his autonomy stage around 15 months. And, and so we would come in, into his uh, room in the morning. He'd be in his crib, and his diaper would be soaked. And we'd say, okay, John, let's, let's change your diaper. And he started to say no. And so instead of you know, dragging him out of his crib and holding him down and, and you know, wrestling him to try and get his diaper changed, what we started to do was to say, I'm not willing to fight you. As soon as you're ready to get your diaper changed, we'll do that. Then we'll go down for breakfast. And then we would turn and we'd walk out of the room and he would flip out. We give him five minutes or so. We come back in and say, are you ready? He'd go, no. And he'd scream and go you know, bouncing off the walls. But, but the, the first time we did that, I'll never forget. But the third time in, we said, are you ready? He said, no. He started screaming. We walked out. And about a minute later, he walked into our bedroom. And he had a new diaper, like a clean diaper in his hand. And he looked at us with sort of a scowl on his face. He said, I'm ready now. So we had to let go of this model of having to overpower him to get him to comply and start using a different kind of discipline. We had to start giving him more say-so, more control, more power. That doesn't just happen when your child is two or three. It happens every year as they get older. We have to, learn, we have to teach them when they're four, five, six years of age to handle their own fears and let go of that. We have to uh, teach them how to speak for themselves, to advocate, to, to ask for what they want. Uh, we had family meetings every week when our kids were younger, and I think it was a great place for them to feel empowered and to start having a say-so in what was going on in our homes. We had to let go of solving all their problems and solving their conflicts with their siblings, with their friends. Uh, that was a really important piece for them to, as far as letting go because they, they realized they were becoming more and more responsible for their lives. It's important at some point to shift out of sort of a rules. We make the rules and then sort of punishing your kids when they don't, which I don't agree with anyway. But a lot of parents are that way with their kids when they're young. And shift into more of a, we're going to make agreements together. I'm going to give you a lot of say-so to get your buy-in. And then I'm going to hold you accountable. So agreements with, with accountability is a different kind of model. And it, it takes some letting go of control. Look around the other places in their lives where you've had to let go. Things like their schoolwork. Homework. Best case, starting at the very beginning, you taught them with your actions that you were not going to be responsible for their homework, that you would let that go. And you might let them have to be frustrated or fail or, or make some mistakes, but it's a lot less costly to a kid when they're in third grade to, to miss a few assignments than it is when they're a, a 12th grader. You turned over their hygiene, their grooming, uh, doing their own laundry, being in charge of their bedroom, allowing them to have their space. Um, you had to teach them over time to handle their own frustrations and to allow them to make mistakes and then learn from them. Let them fail and recover from their failures on their own so they develop grit and self-efficacy. 
Letting go has involved over the years allowing them to take some risks and challenge themselves, giving them slowly but surely more and more freedom as they were able to handle it. It's also important, and I'm sure you've done this over time, to let go of the teacher role and become more of a consultant, as some people call it. Letting go of the teacher role. I remember years ago, one time at a staff meeting before one of our weeks of summer camp, we were doing a little bit of a clearing session where we were asking anybody, is there anything they need to handle before we start the week of camp so that, you know, we're all present and, and uh, there's nothing going on, no, no uh, conflicts with the staff. And several of our young staff asked me if they could talk to me. I said, sure. So they kind of pulled me into the circle. And they, what they said to me was interesting. They said, you know, um, we've been coming to camp for a long time, and now we're like, you know, freshmen, sophomores in college. And, and we, sometimes we feel like, even though you give us a lot of responsibility, you've empowered us so much, that sometimes you still treat us like we're, like we're still eight-year-old campers. And we want you to treat us more like we're adults. There's a part of me that wanted to argue, but then there was also a part of me that realized that I did sometimes treat them like they were still young. I still put myself in the teacher role, even though these are very competent young women. And so I had to make some agreements with them about being more conscious and more aware of that. And I'm uh, advising you, I'm encouraging you to do the very same thing with your daughters. It's important to teach your daughters that all along the way, that they have the responsibility to teach you how to support them at each stage because it changes over time. How they want you to support them when they're in third grade is going to be different in sixth grade, eighth grade, when they're seniors in high school, when they're coming back from college. Some things that you do might be very annoying to them. Some things feel supportive. I would let go and let them know you're responsible for teaching me how to support you. I heard a story a long time ago about Frank Lloyd Wright, the, uh, the famous architect. One time when he was a young boy, he took a walk with his grandfather in the woods. And they, uh, it was a snowy day, it was cold, but they were having a good time. They walked through some paths, and then they came to a, a large clearing. It's like a pasture. And so the, uh, the grandfather walked straight across, whereas Frank uh, went over to the one side, and he was throwing some, some uh, rocks over into one part of the field. And then he ran over to the other side of the field, and he was, he was uh, like playing around with some cows who were across the fence. He kind of zigzagged his way across. And when he got finally to where his grandfather was waiting for him, his grandfather said, look back. He said, you notice that my path went straight across this field, whereas you, you went back and forth, back and forth. He said, let, this, let that be a lesson to you, that in your life, you need to be, uh, you need to be in, a, in a line and follow, your, follow the line and do what's the right thing to do. Frank Lloyd Wright never forgot that advice from his grandfather. And he said later on when he was an adult, he said, you know what? That day I decided that unlike my grandfather, I was never going to take the prescribed path. I wanted to allow myself the freedom to go zigging, zagging through life and accumulating experiences instead of always doing it this way. When your kids get older, when they start getting, when your daughters get into middle school and high school, it's so important to start only giving advice to them when asked. Anytime I want to give any feedback, advice to any of my, my girl campers, I always ask them first, can I give you a suggestion? And if they say yes, you know, with kind of a scowl, I'll say, well, I don't have to. It's okay. I said, you know, can I give you, uh, you know, some uh, feedback? If they say, yeah, sure, I'll say, Is that, are you sure? And if they say yes, then I give it. Then and only then do I give it because I know 
from lots of experience that if they're not ready and they're not open to my advice, it'll go, it'll go uh, through deaf ears. Always ask first if you can give feedback and advice before you give it. It's also important as part of the letting go process to create new ways to connect. One of our fears when our kids start getting older is that we're going to lose that relationship that we've had when they were younger. So all along the way, find ways to do that. I remember when my youngest son, John, was, was a freshman in high school. He, the two older kids were off in college. There was a four-year gap there. And so he and I developed lots of fun things that we did together. Uh, we took some guitar lessons together so we could learn how to play acoustic guitar, and we shared music. We both love history, so we shared history books. Um, we also did a lot of reading, so we, we both read Lord of the Rings. We both read lots of different books together. Uh, also, we both love movies. And so we would watch movies together, and then we you know, memorize movie lines so we can still, to this day, speak in movie lines. So we found some special ways that we could stay connected that were different than when he was a little boy. Okay, I hope you're still hanging in there with me. i got a few more suggestions here about the letting go process. One of the things I'm encouraging you to do as parents is to give your daughters the free will to fail so they can choose to succeed. Every one of your daughters needs to be able to learn their own lessons from their own mistakes, in their own way, in their own time. And that letting go process is hard because it's hard to watch kids struggle and fail. And, and make sure you remind yourselves that their successes and their failures are not a reflection of you. That's what keeps a lot of parents, I think, from letting go is because they feel like if my kid's struggling, that people will think I'm a terrible parent and I failed. And so we jump in and we rescue and we, and we micromanage. Letting go of responsibility for their boredom, their success, their happiness all along the way is really important because if you do that, when they succeed, it's their touchdown dance. They own it. They're the most fulfilled. They get the most joy out of things because it's theirs, because you've let go a little bit and allowed them to do it on their own. It's so important to start turning your child's life over to them so they become self-motivated and self-reliant and have self-efficacy. That starts when they're little, and it continues every year as they grow up. When my son TJ was in college, you know, we had given all our kids enough money for a state school, but we told them, you know, go where you want. We don't care. Just here's how much we can gift you. So he decided to go out of state, and so he, was, he got some scholarship, and he was also working to pay for the rest of it. But after his first year of college, they bumped up the tuition about $2,000, and of course, that was going to be on him. So what he did... Uh, he called home, I remember, and he was kind of frustrated. We said, so, so, we, so we said to him, so what will you do? And he said, well, I don't know. We said, well, think about it. I'm sure you'll, you'll come up with something. What he did was he walked into the financial aid office of his college, and he talked to one of the people there, and he said, look, I've got a 4-0 my first two semesters, and I'm paying for a lot of my college, and you bumped up the tuition $2,000. I don't have that kind of money, so I need more scholarship money. And lo and behold, he got it. Two years later, the same thing happened. He did it again. He advocated for himself, and he got more money. That would not have happened if we had not let go. It would have been very easy for us to give him the money or call the school or, or whatever, but it was much more important for him for us to stand back and allow him to take charge of his life. So in so many ways, we've got to get out of our kids' way. They've got to build their own path and their own destiny. They have, their, they have to build their own story and their own futures. And we have to let go of knowing what's best for them. One of my all-time 
all-time favorite stories was about a Sufi saint, Shams of Tabriz. And he always told a, a folk tale about himself. He said, I have often been considered a misfit since I was a kid. No one seemed to understand me. My own father once said to me, you are not mad enough to be put into a madhouse, but not withdrawn enough to be put in a monastery. I don't know what to do with you. The Sufi saint replied, a duck's egg was once put under a hen. And when the egg hatched, the duckling walked around with his mother hen until one day they came to a pond. The duckling went straight into the water with the hen staying on the shore, clucking anxiously on the land. Now, dear father, said the saint, I have walked into the ocean and I find in it my home. You can hardly blame me if I choose to stay on the shore. I love that story. I wonder how many of you sometimes are clucking on the shore as your kids pick a new path, a different path. I think kids who are different, kids who walk, who, who walk uh, to a different drumbeat, those are the toughest kids sometimes to let go because they're doing it different than we did it, and they're doing it different than the path we've always thought they should take. And that is a really tough way of letting go. Another piece of this pie of letting go is as they get older, that's really important that you hold the highest vision for them that you can. Because in front of you is an acorn, and what they need is for people like their mom and dad to see them as a, an oak tree, to have a higher vision for them than they sometimes can see in themselves. That's really important for us as parents to do as they go off into the world. And it's also important that they find mentors, they, they find safe bases, if you will, who also can do that for them. People they can count on to be there for them no matter what. People that will see more in them than they can see in themselves at different points in their life, who can give them feedback and who can model for them and who can inspire them. And oftentimes, once they leave our homes at the age of 18, it's not us. It's a boss. It's a college professor. It's uh, somebody else, a mentor, who appears in their life to guide them. Sometimes you can help that process by by connecting them with people who, who you know who might be a good guide for them. But I think most of the time, we need to let go and trust that life will provide the right people at the right time when our kids need it, and that our kids will get the guidance that they need. And I'm sure all of you can think back, and I'm sure all of you have stories about people who did that for you at some point in your life. So you also need to let go and trust that that will happen for your kids. Okay, that's a lot of information. I, I apologize for that. So let me finish up here by telling you a couple stories and, and summarizing. There's a wonderful quote, a wonderful story by the prophet Kahil Gibran, and it goes like this. And a woman who held a baby against her bosom said, Speak to us of children. And he said, Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you, for life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday." You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. 
The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness. For even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. What a wonderful quote to illustrate the whole process of letting go. Remember that letting go is a process. If you have not let go, and suddenly your child is 18 and you're dumping them off at college, wow, that is going to be a, a terrifically hard challenge for everybody involved, for your 18-year-old and for you. But not if you've started the process when they're in infancy. It starts in infancy, it continues at every stage of development in all those ways that I I, uh, described earlier. It's a lot easier to do it along the way so that when they're 18, the launching, when they go off to college or off into the world, is just another, another place in the line. It's not a big deal because you've been preparing them and you for that moment. Remember, too, that, those, that, that when your kids go off into the world, when you actually launch them in some way around 18 or so, that it's a grieving process. It's a touch point for your kids. It's also a touch point for you. I see lots of daughters and mothers in my office, especially around the age of 18, in that second semester of their senior year who are going at it, fighting, arguing, power struggles, yelling. Both of them are feeling all the emotions of the touch point, they're out of sorts. There's lots of sadness and fear, excitement, all mixed up. And the problem is that nobody's talking about it. They're not talking about the sadness. They're not talking about the grief. They're not talking about how, how they can't wait to leave, but there's also a part of them that is going to miss everybody, is going to miss their, their, uh, their family and miss home. They're scared about having to create a whole new family wherever they go off into the world. All that's going on, and the parents, you, are also grieving. There's a loss there. I'll talk about that in another, in another uh, podcast. There's a loss of what once was. Uh, there's a loss of your role with them. It's going to change. Uh, there's a loss of a lifestyle. There's loss of control. Uh, it's uncertain what it's going to look like. It's uncertain what your relationship is going to look like with them. I mentioned those questions at the beginning. It's very important that you express those emotions. Oftentimes not at your daughter or with your daughter, but with your spouse or with or with friends, or with somebody who can just listen. Because when our kids are launching, in that big, when those big letting go times come, there's some sadness. There's a sense of disconnection. Sometimes we feel less important, less valuable. Some parents tell me they feel abandoned. They've been sort of knocked off the pedestal because now they're not learning just from you. They're learning more from people outside of the family. They're learning from their bosses and their professors and their mentors. And sometimes when it's the empty nest kind of thing, some parents feel lost because they haven't yet entered their new life. Take care of yourself. Take care of your marriage during this process. Communicate your feelings all along the way. Let me leave you with a quote and also some advice I got from lots of 18-year-olds to their parents. First, the quote. So this is about letting go, and it's a nice metaphor. Relationships of all kinds are like sand held in your hand. The sand held loosely with an open hand remains where it is. But the minute you close your hand and squeeze tightly to hold it on, to hold on to it, the sand trickles through your fingers. You may hold on to some of it, but most of it will be spilled. A relationship is also like that. Held loosely with respect and freedom for the other person, it's likely to remain intact. 
but you hold too tightly and too possessively, and the relationship slips away and it's lost. That is a great metaphor for letting go. Let me leave you with some words of wisdom and some advice from lots of 18-year-olds who say this to their parents as they're leaving to college, leaving off for college. Mom and dad, stay in the same house, stay in the same marriage, stay in the same career, stay sitting by the phone for my phone call, but never be upset when I don't call, and don't touch my room. (laughs) I hope this has helped, because I know how hard it is to let go. I have have three adult children. We've been through the process, my wife and I, three times. Use this information. Use this awareness. Focus on letting go all along the way so that that the big ones at 18 aren't so big anymore. They're things that, that you have prepared yourself and your daughter for. I appreciate you listening to this podcast today and and all the other ones. This podcast is called Raising Daughters. Uh, We will talk about and explore different issues that have to to do with girls and raising daughters uh, each and every week. Share these with your friends if you think that they're valuable or important. I will be back in a week with another edition of Raising Daughters. Thanks for stopping by.